Hey, Forge family. In our prayer time to open podcast number two last week, the statement was, quote, No one coasts, no one drifts into godliness, unquote. And then we introduced the terms spiritual disciplines, which are part of following Jesus, so that his pattern life is formed in you. Then we got to the gristle of the discipline of solitude and the discipline of silence. We tracked some examples from the life of Jesus to see how he valued his times of aloneness and silence. Again, as we come away, as we step aside from the scrum of life's pace and pressures, the goal is not to hear God's voice. But he may speak, he may remind, he may prompt. You know, that may happen. But rather, we, we set out on this path of formation and disciplines to begin to practice the creation of making some soul space which honors and welcomes his presence within us. Last week, I urged you to practice in short blocks of time. Keep going. Keep stretching your interior walls, so to speak, so that you can meet with him regularly. All right, let's pray. Lord God, uh, you're excited that we want to create an interior space that welcomes you and honors you and worship and worship of you happens there. And not and not with words. Just we're so with you, Lord. But you can only dwell in holiness and in purity. So we have some work to do to prepare for you. We need your grace and your mercy to go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Forge family, uh, this last week I've seen three separate purported news accounts of bloody, deviant proportion. Our news sources have a saying, quote, if it bleeds, it leads, unquote. And, and beyond that, if it shocks you, man, all the better. You know, that means you're going to get return visits and views back to that site, back to that page. Now, those three reports were not just bad. They were prurient. They were dark. It was all about dark deeds and twisted lives. I had not planned to bring the scriptural force and the spiritual discipline of chastity out in front of us this week. But let's go with what God pushed out in front. Now, Wikipedia says, chaste, just is core word for chastity, chaste is a word from a Latin adjective meaning pure. Historically, it has been used to deal with immorality, or rather, a life with purpose to not engage in immoral sex. And chastity has been used as a descriptor of virginity. Now, fidelity, the faithfulness in marriage, has come under that umbrella, along with, with uh, an umbrella of chaste behavior, along, along with celibacy, a decision not to marry. 
And so it's a it, the, in in you know, amongst writers and amongst those who understand scripture um, with clarity, there is an umbrella that all these things sort of get lifted underneath it, and and they're part of of chastity. Now, family, because the term is purity at its core, I want us to open our eyes to broaden our awareness of the need for our own purity. $13 billion of pornographic sales are totaled up annually and they're growing exponentially. 50% of men, Christian men, excuse me, 50% of Christian men and 20% of Christian women say that they're addicted to pornography. And most popular in the choice of days to watch and engage and to read and to make you know, chat room calls and, and to use, the, use sexting. Get what you, get, you know what day it is? It's Sunday. Okay. 49% of women believe that engagement with pornography is an acceptable expression of their femininity, of their womanhood. 63% of pastors openly, it's not secret, openly, struggle with this addiction to porn. Now, the number of Christians trapped in porn is the same percent outside the church as inside the church. Okay? We, brothers and sisters, have been led astray by our own lusts and perceived needs. Now, it's here, as we prepare to discuss the discipline of chastity, that we need to get a much wider peripheral vision. We've been tunnel visioned on this. We just think, oh, it's immorality. No, so much more. The lust of the flesh, which the Apostle John describes in 1 John 2.16. Let me read it to you. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The Apostle John leads in this train of, of stuff that the world hurls at us with this lust of the flesh. Well, the word for lust in New Testament Greek, in our New Testament, which has its, its base uh, manuscript evidence in Greek, okay? When you see that word in Greek, you have to translate it and interpret it based on its context. It may be a powerful Godly desire, but that's not what's here in First John chapter two. Okay, and it's correctly translated here. It is a life-dominating, got to have it pursuit of any and all physical pleasures. Now that really broadens the definition of lust of the flesh. Okay, because for too long we thought, oh, well, that's just sex. Trust me, all physical pleasures is a much more accurate treatment. Not only is, is it it's just not restricted to, to sexual immorality, which is certainly included in that, but add to that list food. Food taken to an extreme. You've got gluttony. You've got food that dominates your life. 
food that you want to write about and take pictures of it. And, and, and all of a sudden, it is the driving force in your life. There's gossip. Okay. It, it, it rules over your life because you just can't wait for the next juicy thing to come down the pipe on the Internet that you can quick paste in and send on, share with somebody else. And there's a broad range of what I mean by gossip. But we, we are too free to touch what is unclean and pass it on. Third, the act or the contemplation of physical violence. Trust me, there's this rise of pleasure inside of, of you if you could beat somebody down. I mean, all those, all those emotions and hormones and endorphins, and boom, it's there. Now, you may never have thumped anybody really, you know, with your fist or you've been in a fight and won, all right? But certainly, you have watched that go down. And certainly, you have seen it in the movies. And certainly, that with the addition of, of uh, computer-generated graphics, we have a profound exposure to physical violence. And it moves us with a physical pleasure or revulsion. Trust me, there, there, it, it works both ways. There's very little middle ground. And fourthly, you know, the use of recreational drugs and alcohol. You know, we, we medicate ourselves. We anesthetize ourselves. We want to have a good time. Okay? We've become a party culture. And, and revert then to these amplifying and depressing substances to have physical pleasure. And the, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, along with the lust of the eyes, that's second in, in the Apostle John's list, I need to point out that once something has been seen, once something's been heard and it's been felt, you can't not see it again. Hear it again. Feel it again. See, Satan is a specialist at slideshows and video clips. Reminders to prompt. You know, go revisit that. Engage in that pleasure again. And again. And again. Family. To have 50% of our brothers and sisters ensnared in, in this toxic stuff. And trust me, when you have this broad expression of the lusts of the flesh as being any and all physical pleasures taken out to the point of addiction and pursuit, it isn't 50% anymore. It's, it's nearly unanimous that the believers are in, that we get ensnared in toxic stuff. And our, our, our own odds, you know, Ford's Church, hey, our odds are not good without a specific, accountable plan and practice of chastity. Even the world knows that what Hollywood is producing shows up in blogs. Yeah, I, I read a secular blog. This man is not a believer at all. But he flatly said, quote, all Hollywood media is porn, unquote. So, phew, let's just stop there, and we need to pray. Lord, we desperately need chaste behavior, chaste thoughts, a thought life that's, that's pure and holy, 
chaste memories. Lord, help us, please, to go forward with purity into holiness. Now, family, family, the, the spiritual discipline of chastity is anchored to your chooser. Okay? That, that's the choice-making mechanism that's down inside of you. The world has slathered us with the expectations and behaviors that lead us to wrong choices. Recognize that those unbelieving ones around us adhere to a system of core identity that says, quote, what I want and what I choose is right for me. Unquote. Now, unlike that in, in, in the extreme, in radical other holy ways, is what the scripture says, that God himself set the moral standard and holds all mankind to his standard. God himself set out pleasures within the framework so that you can have holy expression of joy and pleasure as you follow him. Obviously, when the church stepped back from the Hollywood film rating system and didn't utter a word, okay, and it began to choose its entertainment, it, you know, it paid for a ticket, a movie ticket. The church opted for a privatized life. Quote, what I do on Sunday does little or nothing to impact my life Monday to Saturday. Okay? But now Sunday is the number one day to watch porn. So no longer is there even a semblance of setting aside a day to be with the Lord. And it is the, God, you know, the pantheon of ancient Canaan, the Baals and the Asherah, that are portrayed across screens and over and through chat room things. Lord, it's just ancient, deviant stuff. So, back to the spiritual discipline of chastity. This is what we put on. What we embrace when we drop the old ways, the old actions. See, this is one of the Apostle Paul's, quote, put on the new. When sin is deep, accountability and practice has to be deeper. Now remember, God Almighty is calling us to holiness. One hundred percent holiness. Sergio Scataglini was the first one who I ever heard make the statement, there is no such thing as ninety-nine percent holiness. Granted, what we've seen, we cannot unsee. What we've heard and done and felt, it stands. It's all logged into our memory. And God created us to be ready to draw on memory to act in godly ways. And it's all, 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 all those things seen and done and heard and felt, they're all aimed at action. Satan wants us to direct, wants to direct our memories and our feelings and all those things there in the archive, to divert it, to twist it, to darken it, so that our actions become more like him. And we begin to draw on the deviant stuff in our memory so that we begin to act like our enemy. 
Part of chastity is asking Holy Spirit to edit your memory. To put parts of what you have in your mind under his direct control to cleanse and to replace old stuff with the new that he delights to provide. All right, family. How do we embrace chaste living? All right, number one. Since scripture is clear about unholy stuff, then you choose quickly to bring any and all of that out of your memory and out of your habits and out of your plans and you set that down before Jesus. You let the blood of Jesus wash that away and cleanse you and make you new again. Number two. You get accountable with brothers or sisters, parents or pastors or other godly mentors and let them help you make chaste choices and guide you around the pit that sort of follows you around and whispers about the pleasures of the past and what's waiting for you. Just It's just right there. Soon, that deviant invitation will grow quieter and quieter, and then it will cease. Number three, when you come to sit before the Lord or to walk with Him, let Him gently point out what is left to deal with. Do it with your mentors. Okay, it's, not, it's really not up to you to take a, a grinder, a bench grinder, and a, and a, belt, a belt sander and kind of go to the interior life and say, oh, I, don't, I need to forget that. And you scrub your insides. No. Okay? We have no discernment on that issue. He will lead you through a cleansing process and empower it by Holy Spirit. Guard your eyes. Guard your ears. Guard your fashion statements, how you present yourself to a watching world. Okay, Your life is precious to the God who longs to meet with you in that soul space. You just have to clean house first. And he will help you. He is the one who does the heavy lifting. You just say, Lord, please forgive me. Take that away. And he does. Number five, reach out to other brothers and sisters, and even to lost friends. Okay? And you, you do that not in judgment, but in genuine love because you were where they are. You could have been where they are. Okay? And you begin to demonstrate before them what a chaste life looks like, what it sounds like, how it acts. Yes, you will be swimming across the current of the culture. And yes, God himself will lift you and push you on. And you get to pull others with you to holiness. Hard Forge family, let's pray. Lord Jesus, since we're wired for memories that produce actions, we need you. We cannot fight this battle of the pursuit of holiness and the putting on of chastity without first coming 
and being washed clean and then and then equipped to live as lights in a dark place. We so want to shine, to stand out as chaste, but that will bring criticism. That will bring hatred our way. You, Lord, our Lord, you be our shield. You be our protector. You be our lover. Chastity is all about life with you. Amen. All right, Ford family. I love you. We'll see you soon.